Hey, everybody. Welcome to Augmenters. I'm Julie. And this is Jimmy. Hello. We are two business founders who started out as solopreneurs, yet found our greatest success when working with others. Mentoring is key to incredible relationships, and the Augmenters platform will help you get further faster because great relationships lead to better business and more fulfilling lives. You are here because you want to help others shine and see the light in themselves. We will support you in your mentoring journey with advice, tools, and stories that will augment your relationships to the next level. So strap on your ear pods, prepare to listen generously, and become an augmenter with us. Jimmy, I forgot my headphones again. No worries. Just turn up the volume into this next Augmenters episode. Julie, we were able to bounce across the pond. It was so fun. It was so great. You know, I have a British heritage on one of my sides, and the Queen was a big part of my life growing up. And so it was very cool to get to talk to Janet at the far end of this fabulous Queen's Jubilee and talk about resilience. So for people who might have missed the Queen's Jubilee, I think there's still a lot to be grabbed here. And we have some wonderful Bridgerton references. We didn't quite make it to Downton Abbey, mainly because Janet brings so much content and wisdom that uh, my lame American references to uh, English culture uh, didn't have to go too deep. Well, you didn't, you didn't even bring James Bond into the situation. I'm not even going to pretend with the accent. I'll I'll stop. You have enough of an accent yourself. Boston, Boston's all you need. Just trying to say Cheshire is about as uh, about as close as I can get without getting in trouble here. Strictly the Sean Connery accent, obviously. Obviously, obviously, Scottish obviously. version. Yeah, but honestly, it was great. Uh, I think the topic of resilience is one of those things that just just it's like a snowball flying downhill, gaining speed. It's something people are talking about all the time. Definitely some misinformation about it. And I think just hearing Janet's definition of it and how other people can show up for each other to help them be resilient was super inspiring. I think Janet cut through a whole lot of BS, especially stuff that I would see on social media. I'm talking at you, LinkedIn, about people opining about resilience in the first year or so of the pandemic, but not getting into the the meat of it, which I'll call like the objectivity or how to manage by metrics about it, or some of the more, I would say, practiced and nuanced principles of management and leadership that have taken a lot of organizations to success. Yet Janet, I think, really lays out principles in a methodology for understanding resilience and then bringing it more to your organization. Of course, here on Augmenters, we're looking at it through the lens of mentoring. And so bringing community and resilience together, what a treat. What a treat. Yeah, she's awesome. She was awesome. Well, should we just jump into it? Let's go. Well, we don't jump. Bounceability. (laughs) I mean, come on. We're going to get into that. I mean, there's so many great tidbits uh, and nuggets from Janet throughout Uh, which I I think really, really got me uh, excited and stuff I'm already thinking about using. Just hearing a little bit about Janet talk about 
the RQI objective assessment tool about resilience is wonderful. And we we're just really lucky to have her and, you know, have a, have a tea party without the queen. Without the queen yet. Without the queen yet. Stay tuned. What an interview. I don't know if we could score that. You know what? You have to dream. You have to believe to achieve, Jimmy. That's what I always, that's what I always think of. So all those times as a kid, I said tea to the queen. I should have been saying Zoom with the queen. You can do it. Zoom with the queen. Hashtag Zoom with the queen. All right. Well, here we go. Here's Janet. So Janet, thank you so much for coming to spend some time with us today. I know you and I had a really interesting conversation a few months back and you shared a bit about your work in resilience and that just completely resonated with us Mm. for so many reasons. One, resilience is just such an important topic and I think it is probably something that comes up often with with mentors and mentees, but also resilience is one of our principles uh, in our eight principles of our Augmenters program. So it was really relevant and uh, we are just thrilled to get an opportunity to chat a little further with you. So we'll go ahead and jump in if that works for you. Um, First of all, we were just chatting about the Jubilee. So I think just as a great icebreaker question, Janet, Mm. who would you want to be your mentor in the royal family if you were to have one? And who would you want to mentor if you had a pick? That is a really interesting question, isn't it? I could immediately spring to mind a couple of people who I wouldn't want to be my mentor out of the royal family, but I won't won't name those, actually. I, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, anti-mentors are great. They are welcome as wonderful examples. Absolutely. Yeah, they are. But I think on a, a positive frame, who would I want to be my mentor? I mean, I suppose the Queen is an obvious one. It would be amazing to get the opportunity to actually talk to her. She has experienced and seen so much. She's been through... I can't remember how many prime ministers it is now, something like about 14 or 15 different prime ministers, you know, everybody from Winston Churchill to Boris Johnson. I mean, you can't really get more poles apart than those two, I don't think, can you? Um, So that would be amazing just to, and she's always come across very calm. She's never launched in. She's never sort of really been outspoken. She's always been very graceful. So just to get some time to talk to her would be absolutely stunning, actually. It would be, have been brilliant. And I think... And definitely the definition of resilience. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. When you think what she's been through, just, you know, just in her own lifetime, you know, more recently, obviously, with losing Prince Philip and then various issues around the family and how she's kept very calm and dignified through all of that, despite the press's best attempts to rile her, I think, and wind it all up. So she has. And then even when you look further back, it, you know, everything that's gone on, she was, you know, she was around in World War Two. You know, she went through the death of her father when she was very young and had two young children, you know, losing her mother, losing her sister, events in the world, you know, breaking up the whole empire and the Commonwealth and how she has just gone through that and held herself as a role model and presented as a role model for the rest of her family, actually. And yeah, so that I'd love to, I'd love to um, be able to get some chance to talk to her. And I would have loved to have had the opportunity to actually get some advice from Prince Philip as well. So for all, he was a bit of a character. I think he really Mm. held her calm, didn't he? He was a huge, huge influence for her. And he was, I would imagine he would have been her mentor throughout all of that. So Mm. Maybe her her sort of um, post that kept her 
upright and moving forward. Absolutely. Kind of maybe the place she could really be herself. Yeah. Um, imagining that it was hard for her to be herself in a lot of situations. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine so. Someone to just bounce things off, talk to, and give a real grounding sort of, yeah, sense of perspective, definitely. So, mm. And who would you need to mentor? Who do you think needs your mentoring? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably a few, actually. Um, A person I would love to, very young, actually, so it's very early days, but uh, was actually in sort of a lot of focus for the first time last weekend. They definitely sort of... the the whole sort of priority of who was involved last weekend was very much on the line of succession. So it's very much sort of um, Prince Charles and then the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and then their family. So of their family, George and Charlotte played quite leading roles at a very young age, actually. And Charlotte, I thought, was amazing. I loved the opportunity to support and help her because she's got quite a big defining role in the years ahead, actually. You know, unlikely she'll ever get the throne, but she is now in the line of succession, which is the first time that's happened. Um, And she will represent the monarchy going forward. She'll be a working royal and very involved. And so to give her some support would be brilliant. Love to. Mm. Well, Jen, that that is such a, a wonderful, like nuanced and like caring response. The American response would have been like, I just want to talk to the guy from Bridgerton, season one. I, that, that's that's the person I'd like to be mentored by. Yeah, well, there could be that one. You'd get an interesting form of mentoring, I think, if you talk to him. Wouldn't you? I'd certainly learn something new, I think. All right. Mm. Well, great. That is, that is I, I love both of those answers, and I agree. I can't imagine how much pressure these people are under. It just mm. sounds very, very complicated. Um, not yeah. something necessarily, yeah. not, definitely not something I would necessarily want. It seems like a lot of spotlight. You, you can never, ever turn off, can you? You can never, you know, at times, if you just are having a bad day or you snap or you just go a bit quiet or you don't give, you know, you're just not in the mood to put the smile on. She's never, ever been able to do that. I think one of the comments he said was, yes, we see her visibly. We see her being able to sort of do all these lovely things like go to Chelsea Flower Show and go on some of the royal visits she's been on, which is amazing. But, you know, how many sewage works has she cut the ribbon for? You know, how many ships has she launched? How many schools has she been to? How many people has she shaken hands with and been nice to, even though she has absolutely no idea who they are? So... To be able to do that day in, day out, you know, despite everything else that's going on. And she's moved it so much because, you know, all her advisors that sit behind her, you know, when she first came in, there were some very, very strict rules and procedures that she had to follow. And with the whole thing that happened with Diana, you know, she had to push that push that through she had to check make a lot of changes to show the humanity side of the royal family and um, and they did that so I think that leads us to talk about resilience yeah yeah, yeah. yes I feel like there's a lot of resilience there right shifting and pivoting and continuing to show up yeah we'd love to hear a little bit more about your work how you got into this resilience work and just to get a little bit of your perspective on it Yeah, no, absolutely. Love to, actually. So I've had quite a sort of mixed career, really, I suppose. Um, I wish I'd had a mentor quite early on who could have given me some sort of good, good questioning about where did I want to go. But um, so in the last 10 years or so, I've been working in leadership and development, absolutely love working with people. And then that sort of moved into 
resilience and well-being about three years ago, three and a half years ago. So we got accredited to use a profiling tool called the RQI, which is fantastic and gives that real tangible evidence-based sort of personal uh, review of where you are on your resilience strategies. So makes it into something sort of, say, tangible to use as a benchmark for coaching and also for doing workshops with teams and stuff. So I got accredited to do that. And then that sort of led through into the work that we currently do with an awful lot of businesses and teams around that whole resilience and well-being, which just fits perfectly under the whole leadership umbrella, really. Um, you know, to be a good leader, it's about being comfortable sharing who you are, about sharing that you're vulnerable, um, and also about truly being able to support people and check that they're okay, and for it to be okay when people aren't okay, actually. And that's one of the key sort of aspects around, behind resilience is just understanding, isn't it? Where am I? What makes me tick? How do I respond to stress? And what can I do to help me come back from stress quicker? bounce back. And would you say that's really the key part of resilience is that bouncing back? And what would be, you know, sort of a sort of down and dirty definition, would you say, of resilience? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We call it um, sort of bounceability because we all, we, we can't wave a magic wand and take stressful situations away. And also we're very individual. So what might be a stressful experience for me may not be for you. And, and again, what might be for me one day, might not be in two weeks time you know it's like a set of balancing scales isn't it so some some days or some weeks you've had a number of positive things can happen and you can feel on top of the world and able to cope with anything and and on other days you can be in a completely different situation and feel as though you're struggling to cope so it is that ability to roll with stress and bounce back quicker than you did before so it's not necessarily the amount of stress you feel it's how you are able to come back to whatever your kind of homeostasis and your homeostasis stress level could mm. be high or low, but it just means you can kind of like monitor the spikes. Yeah, absolutely. Troughs. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because to be able to recognize those triggers or those symptoms earlier and to put in those resilience strategies that you know help you and bring you back exactly like you said to your grounding point or, or what is where you feel comfortable and where you feel productive and happier, then that's then how can you employ those quicker? And also with teams, what's really good is it often we're the last person to notice it in ourselves. So if you can do work within a team, so having that ability to just spot other people's triggers and to genuinely say to them, are you okay? I've noticed this. Is there something I can help? Can really help a whole team to grow and go into that upward spiral. So that's probably why it's a good thing yeah. I don't work with my best friend because I know his triggers inside and out and I just push them all <laughs> yeah. day long. Well, you know, sometimes actually that's what they sort of say. If you have a bit of banter, isn't it? It's recognizing when those little triggers can actually cause humorous reactions, mm. isn't it? But knowing where the levels are, isn't it? <laughs> and thinking about the fact I feel like resilience is coming up so much um, mm. in so many ways, certainly in the workforce. Mm. I would say COVID has added <laughs> a level of resilience that all of us have really gone through. I'd love to hear, Janet, yeah. why do you think that we need more resilience today than mm. we maybe did 10 years ago? And there's been so much research into it anyway, hasn't there? I'm sure you've sort of seen it all yourselves with the, the work that you've done. But 
the sheer pace of life that we now live, the sheer pace of change, we weren't built to cope with the amount of information and change that gets thrown at us on an hourly basis. And so just naturally that's causing stress in our lives. And then if we layer into it things like COVID, where change can be uncomfortable, isn't it? And learning how to cope with change is a skill. So when such a level of change happens like COVID, so we suddenly got thrown into a situation where we couldn't do all the things we normally do, can just obviously just puts another layer on top. And even even before COVID, they were saying that over 50% of days lost at work was due to mental health issues, wasn't it? Not physical health. And and we haven't got, there's a number of statistics yet, but, you know, in general, we know that's got worse through COVID because people have lost their norms. You know, if people's coping strategies sometimes would be to go to the gym, go out with friends, go and do that social stuff. And they just couldn't do it. They got told they were allowed to and they suddenly had to find new ways of being normal. It took time and it's caused problems. And I think one of the biggest problems as well from COVID is loneliness. And, and I think that has created a lot of resilience issues in people personally that they they felt isolated and alone as they've gone through this. So Janet, I'm curious when talking about resilience and, you know, being mm. able to cope, you know, a classic strategy is of course, you know, not talking about it, not dealing mm. with it. Just like, I mean, I'd say the joke is the way I was attended high school every day and never missed a day of school or a day of work was I just went every day. It didn't matter. Uh, how has kind of like putting your head down and not uh, feeling uh, or allowing yourself to feel affected people's resilience when they finally reached a point that they could Yeah, absolutely. Life. So a good bit of bottling up, isn't it, when that all happens? And it just, um, mm-hmm. it, it's in there, isn't it? So those feelings are there. And if you don't share them, so through the resilience work we do, we have sort of six key strategies that we talk through. And one of them is supportive relationships. So the ability to share, the ability to open up, the ability to say, I'm not okay, is a real crucial one to help us. You know, a problem shared is more than a problem halved. And if we bottle and we start to build things up, then all we're doing is is we're just storing it inside and it's going to have to come out at some point. And the risk is when it does come out, it comes out in a bit of a blast. And you've already gone beyond the point where some of those real practical day-to-day tools and strategies could have just stepped in earlier and helped you. Well, Janet, I don't know if you meant to, but you certainly just teed up our conversation about mentoring (laughs) and supportive relationships. So that is perfect. And that is part of the reason why Jimmy and I started this work together. As you know, we both have, Mm. you know, other other things that we do, but uh, (laughs) we met actually right before COVID and in Mm. our lockdown (laughs) loneliness, I guess we uh, started just chatting about different things that were important to us. And we both realized how important mentoring is, that it's Mm. this very unique relationship that is very special. Everybody can have a mentor. You know, you don't have to be in any kind of profession. You don't have to be any kind of way. You can always have a mentor, but there's not a lot of language around it. There's not not a lot of, Mm. yeah. So people feel not unsure how to get into these relationships, but we've seen a lot of younger folks who are needing this um, and needing this time. So that's why, that's why we launched into this, but how would you say resilience shows up in mentoring? Hugely, actually, isn't it? Because the relationship with a mentor, um, it's that it's that someone to share with, share equally, isn't it? 
you know, a mentor relationship is not about a mentor bestowing gifts of wisdom down onto a mentee. Um, a mentor-mentee relationship is a really even balanced relationship where we learn from each other. And so resilience is all around understanding what are my what are my tools and strategies, what makes me tick, what makes me cope. You know, another one of our resilience strategies is where am I going? What's my role? What's my purpose? What's important to me? What are my values? What are my goals? And they're brilliant mentoring questions to explore, isn't there, about, you know, what do you want to stand for? Where do you want to be? What do you want your personal brand to look like? And so it just fits perfectly for me within it. And and I completely agree with you. I love the whole, the bit you're doing with the augmentor stuff. I think the more we can encourage people to get mentors at an earlier age. And, and do you notice it in that sort of uh, Generation Z, isn't it, I suppose, but that the 20-somethings as they're starting to explore what they want from career and life is that the best time to get yourself a mentor or when is the best time that that of course is you know the question mm. why we're here and like as augmenters as a podcast i think you've already kind of walked <laughs> into it a little bit by saying great mentors mm. ask great questions and that's kind of what we're trying to do at augmenters ask great questions to our audience to get them primed to go out and find these relationships and that there's probably no wrong time to have some of these relationships. The wrong time would be when you need yeah. something tomorrow. And that's what another one of the reasons why mm. Julie and I started this was we were getting a lot of people saying, I, I want something from you tomorrow. I'm like, I don't know you. I, I, this isn't this isn't where you yeah. want this relationship yeah. to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is the, the earlier, the better for me, actually, isn't it? I, I wish, you know, I'd had one when I was sort of 18, 19, 20, 21, that sort of age, I think it could have made a, a massive difference actually for me to understand what was important to me and where I wanted to go. Um, and I've sort of ended up in a good place, but you know, I've gone down some inter <laughs> interesting channels at times, actually. You had your inner mentor, your inner mentor that you didn't yeah. know you had was, was following you along. <laughs> sort of in a good place. Well, we, we can unpack that later, Jane. I know that could be a different conversation at another time, couldn't it, actually? It's, a, it's another podcast. We can do that one, too. Yeah. And, and, but you are right, actually, the, the, the person we talk to the most is ourselves, isn't it? And so, but a mentor, actually, isn't it? That relationship is the person who plants the seeds of those questions in your mind for you to think about and explore and understand, isn't it? What do I want? Where do I want to be? Where do I want to go? Mm. And I'm thinking a lot too about what you said about how resilience is really getting you back to that kind of homeostasis. And I think especially when you're younger, I feel like the older you are, the more scenarios you've seen, the more things you've been through, the more times you're like, okay, I've read this book. It's going to be fine. Next week, I'm not even going to remember this. But I think the younger you are, certainly I noticed with my younger team members, of course, they get very, you know, as I did too, very, very nervous, and very worried about things and mm. it kind of spins them out. Mm. The resilience I find when I'm mentoring younger people is just really bringing them back to like, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to learn from this. You're going to have some excellent, you know, new information to share with others, you know, pace down, take your time. You're going to be okay. Are there any kind of um, like mantras that you tend to use that maybe, because I think sometimes resilience um, in a mentoring relationship is actually continuing to show back up for people when things get hard. Yeah. It's easy to say, oh, here's, you know, some great ideas and da da da, off you go. But when they come back and there's hard things that are happening, do you have any, you know, language that you typically use or kind of mantras that a mentor could potentially share with a mentee to help them come back to that place? Yeah. Yeah. There's a few. I mean, there's, I suppose there's some classic ones, isn't there? There's, the Henry Ford quote is an often one, is a one that I often use is whether you think you can or whether you think you can't you're right um 
And so that's that bit about getting into your mind. And do you have that inner confidence and belief to give it a go and give it a try? So I really like that one. Another one, one of my favorite books, actually, I could show you, but it's not going to show up on a podcast, is it? But it's called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse by um, uh, an illustrator called Charlie Mackesee. Is that sort of just encouragement, isn't it, to believe in yourself, go back, find your norm, find what's going to be okay for you, just breathe, start again actually so yeah I know I needed to hear that today (laughs) (laughs) which which one the The other one that he talks about is that just understanding actually that I'm enough as I am you know um and the ability to look in the mirror and say to yourself you know what you're amazing um and when we when we do coaching with people on resilience and we say to people when was the last time you looked in the mirror and said to yourself you know what, you're doing all right. And they were like, uh, never. You know, how many people ever do that, actually? Uh, but we need to. You need to believe in yourself, don't you? Um, and that it's genuinely okay to get things wrong. Because if you weren't getting things wrong, um, you wouldn't be stretching, you wouldn't be learning, you wouldn't be developing, you'd probably be bored. So actually go out, go do it. And if you get things wrong, learn from it. The ability to feel comfortable getting things wrong is so crucial and to actually allow yourself to fail because failure can really only occur if you go 100%. You don't try to fail. You have to go all out to succeed and that's how you can fail and then you can really benefit from it. So yeah. I love that point, Janet. I, I love it. I, I'm, I'm curious, when was the first time, do you remember when resilience or resiliency, resilient, whatever, popped into your head when you were thinking about a relationship with like somebody else you know what when did this word start to become really important for you around relationships yeah and I think I suppose from a from a work point of view or an official sort of career point of view probably in the last sort of five or Mm -hmm. six years really as I've been doing the leadership development piece then the whole aspect about mental health and how resilience fits into how you are feeling and that inner thought has, has really started to come to the fore a lot more. And that's that's why I specifically went down the route of getting accredited and finding something to hang, you know, use as a tool for that rather than just talking about it. So I think from a work point of view, officially, probably, yeah, five, six years ago. But, um, that's amazing. And I, that is so true. You do need that really early. I think, uh, Janet, you also have teenage children, if I mm, recall correctly, and I do yeah, as well, yeah. 19, 17. And it's amazing yeah. how much pressure they put on themselves. I have two daughters. I think, I think everybody is, is part of this, but I think girls especially mm. are very, a lot of pressure on themselves and mm. hard to mm. accept things, not, you know, at that level. And that, that does create a, additional stress and hard to be resilient, to keep showing up for it. Mm, um, I was it just is. curious as we're, as we're um, thinking, as you're, you know, what kind of advice would you give to folks around looking for a mentor, especially one that could really support them in their resilience? As we have this audience of these, you know, kind of around 20 year old age, what would be some advice for you that you would provide on how they could look for mentors? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's a really, it's a really good thing to do. It can be quite a scary thing to do. I think, isn't it, to open yourself up to go out and look for a mentor. But I think it's a really, a really good thing to find one. Where to look? I think it's, um, if you're in a workplace already, then to look around you for someone that you think has similar value. I think values count a lot, actually. So someone that you feel that you can connect with. 
but has some of that experience and has some of that knowledge that they can share with you and learn from you and, and gain. Totally. And, and thank you for continuing to give me positive reinforcement to go ask the actor from Bridgerton <laughs> to be my mentor. Cause I would not, I would not feel safe doing that. And, uh, you know, I would definitely shave myself down. And Janet, uh, you could ask the queen. I mean, the way she to say no. I honestly. could ask the queen. <laughs> I know. I shall, I shall drop her a polite little note and see Please. if she's got I think any she's time. On LinkedIn. We can send you a link to her profile. It, it, it better be handwritten with yeah, a lot of pastels. Yes, you're right. On some uh, on some very sort of thick, sort of nice posh note paper, I think, wouldn't it? Cool. Yeah. 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 Cardstock would be key. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some Yeah, embossing. with a fountain I, pen. Uh, yeah, none of this like biro rubbish. Ooh. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes, yes. So uh, speaking about fountains, because they usually are a great way to be a sort of symbol for community. Uh, yeah. You brought up values and I would, and how you know values are what kind of define a community and that you have to have these shared values to then be bringing people together. Community is not necessarily or should mm. be just geographic. So in your work and especially in one-on-one -on -one relationships, you know, we see mentoring as kind of being these like hydrogen bonds or like the smaller bonds within yeah. a larger community. How do you see resilience playing a role within a community? So you're talking about resilience internally. We've talked about resilience and mentoring, but how do you then see resilience or maybe the groups of people coming together with yeah, like a resilient Yeah, community. having that sort of resilient, and that feeds straight back into the sort of the mental health piece as well, doesn't it? About trying to support and help each other. Um, and, and, and absolutely within teams, wider teams, wider communities, whether they are work teams, whether they are social communities, you know, whatever that might look like, um, the more open we can be about our mental health, the more comfortable we can be to say, how are you, are you okay? Um, are you genuine? No, really, are you okay? And to be and to have that authentic, caring conversation um, just helps each other. So, a lot of the work we do around the resilience piece, and, and you know, it ties straight back into mentoring, isn't it? Because it just ties back into communication and conversation. Is just that openness to pull people together and say, "Where are we all? Um, and what can we do to support each other?" So. Often one of the things we sort of say within the um, resilience pieces, you can look at sort of like the stress performance curve. So you can sort of say, you know, am I sitting at the top of the peak? Am I, have I fallen over the edge? Am I getting into a bit of burnout and fatigue? Have I fallen down the opposite side? Am I getting a bit bored and lame because I've just been hanging around in the same job for too long? Where am I? And where are we all as a team? And so how can I help you? How can I support you? What do I need to do to pull you back? And, and like we said before, you often recognize your own triggers last. So it can just be that little step in, can't it? And that's what's been quite hard, I think, through COVID in the virtual working piece. You know, working from home has been amazing. You know, it's helped companies to function. It's proved we can do it. It's proved that hybrid working can work. And that's all amazing. Um, however, it's often harder to look out for that team dynamic, isn't it? To spot those little signals that someone might not be okay. And so you need to make a more conscious effort of it when you are in this sort of format or when you're working from home. And that and that comes back to that, just let's be open. Let's understand what our values are. Are we all about being supportive? Are we about openness and honesty? Are we about respect? If we truly respect and trust each other, we will put a hand up and say, I'm struggling, can someone help me? 
My gosh, I love this. And this, I feel like I got a huge aha, Janet, because it felt like even, and I don't know if, I'm sorry, please tell me if this is what you said, but I think even just opening that conversation with how are you, Mm. how are you, how are you, you know, as a mentor, sometimes you don't even know kind of how to start. So that just like, how are you? Um, Mm. And really pausing and listening and being open to to hearing how somebody really is, I think is Mm. such a key place to start. Mm. Um, You might not know the answers of what they say, but just listening, like you said, allowing them the opportunity to really share what's going on with them is is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. First of all, Janet, it was so great to do this deep dive with you on resilience. Is there any sort of last words of wisdom that you have or anything else, anything else to share with our listeners? just go for it isn't it actually it's probably uh i don't know if that's a a word of wisdom or just uh you know give it a shot give it a try um you can learn so much uh from mentors and and finding someone to be yours um and also having the courage that as and when you want to move on and find a different mentor that's also okay isn't it you don't need to stick with one forever wonderful and janet how can we get how can our listeners get in touch with you we have a website yeah yeah, we do. We have a little company called The Better People, actually. So we are just thebetterpeople.co.uk. And get in touch with us. Um, or I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, I think. We're all on LinkedIn somewhere, aren't we? So uh, I'm on LinkedIn. And, and if anyone wants to get in touch, I'd absolutely love to talk to people and, and find out more about them and where they're coming from as well. And, um, and yeah, it's been brilliant catching up with you both. So thank you. Thank you so much, Janet. Awesome. Well, oh, wow is right. Thank you so much, Janet. If you are looking to see more of Janet and read about her, the internet is the place to go. Check out the Better People organization based in Cheshire in the UK, where Janet is a leadership and resilient coach. They use the RQI Resilience Psychometric Test, which could be a great fit for your organization and you don't even know it yet. You can also find Janet on LinkedIn, Janet Grant, maiden name Hurst. Thanks so much, Janet. We hope this episode was brief yet bright, and now it's time to read us out. And remember, we are here because real relationships have the power to transform organizations and build dynamic communities. Go ahead, Jimmy. Absolutely. Augmenters supports mentoring that matters. Visit our website for the best interactive mentoring content at augmenters.us. Share our podcast with someone you care about, someone who needs a new mentoring relationship in their life pronto. We welcome questions and suggestions via email. Hi at augmenters.us or via social media with our handle at augmentershq. Shout out to our producers, Erlen Cato and Sean Omendam. Thank you. Augmenters out. See ya.